Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive Minate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, and today our show topic is Creating Co-Powerment. And our special guest is Lonnie Kwan, who is the founder uh, who uh, is the founder of the Creating Co-Powerment Center, LLC. She uh, provides clients with step-by-step tools and resources for life transformation and redesign. Creating co-empowerment is a phrase she coined to describe the empowering interactions that takes place when people going through life transitions come together in groups or partnered one-on-one. She has over two decades of experience in crisis counseling, writing, and teaching, and has been coaching since 2005. Lonnie combined these interests into a successful coaching practice in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 2005. Now back in Honolulu, Hawaii, she offers workshops for small groups, companies, and nonprofit organizations. To her list of accomplishments, she can now add author. Lonnie's new book, which will be available in September of 2013, um, is entitled The Creating Co-Powerment Workbook, Embracing the Power of Positive Psychology, Healing Stories, and Explorations to Create the Life You Want. She provides online and in-person one-on-one coaching worldwide. Lonnie serves and supports people going through many types of life transitions, such as graduation, career change, identity crisis, coming out, moving, marriage, divorce, pregnancy, adoption, recovery, and retirement. She graduated from the Newfield Network Coaching Program in 2012 and has been a member of the International Coach Federation since 2006. She will take us on a journey of empowerment as we learn about co-powerment. Lonnie, thank you so much for being on our show today. How are you today? Thank you. Aloha. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here, and, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Wow, thank you. Thank you for coming. And I'm so um, excited to to learn about 
co-powerment and um, about the book that you are writing, um, uh, the, the workshops you do, because I know that you do great work. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, uh, tell us something about yourself. Well, um, let's see. You did such a wonderful job in that introduction. I'm going to... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and add on to that. Um, basically, I would say I've been a coach, you know, before we had a concept of what a life coach was. My entire life, um, I've been really honored to have people share and confide in me, sometimes some of the most painful and deepest secrets that they have. Even when I was a young child, that would happen. And at the time, I didn't realize that that wasn't something that happened to everybody. I thought, you know, this was normal. I just was experiencing it. And I really honor that. I, um, I've i always been open to hearing people's stories and whenever possible to offering some care and aloha when, when I could. And um, so that was my experience early on. And then in terms of my unfolding as a life coach, it's taken several steps. And as you mentioned, it's been two decades of experience in crisis counseling, teaching, and writing. And for a long time, um, you know, there were various nonprofits I worked for as well, um, organizations whose mission I believed in. And and all of those came together um, in a way that was really uh, inspiring and magical. Uh, And of course, I would like to say, and I think most of us want to believe that it's always going to be an upward um, spiral and everything is great, but a lot of times the lessons that I learned came out of great personal pain and professional pain as well. And so actually my life completely fell apart and um, I was injured. I lost my work at that time. I was a teacher at the time and I was a crisis counselor at the time. And what I discovered in that time, um, what Newfield Network founder Julio Alaba calls going into the belly of the whale, what I discovered was that I was really good at putting the pieces back together in my own life and figuring out methods and tools and doing research to discover how other people had done that. And so, you know, that was the beginning that sort of happens that happened around 2001 2002 hmm. you know um i'm i appreciate you sharing um parts of your story with us because you know a lot of times i think it's easy to think that oh this person is a coach and you know they've got their stuff together and they've got all the answers and um you know they just they just know how to do things right and the truth of it is that many people become uh coaches as well as other helping professionals because of the pain that yes, um and, yeah yeah so there's the archetype of the wounded, wounded. Hmm. the wounded the healer wounded, the archetype uh, archetype yeah, there's the archetype of the wounded healer, and um, so many people that I know who are healers of various sorts, doctors, nurses, uh, teachers, coaches, psychologists, have themselves been through tremendous hardship and difficulty, um, but I was really 
truly grateful and inspired to discover, you know, we talk a lot about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I was so grateful in my research to discover that there's actually something else that um, most of us may not be aware of because it's relatively new research. It was um, a book by Martin E.P. Seligman, Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, who has written widely on positive psychology and optimism and um, the ability to learn how to be more optimistic and happy in life. And he just recently came out with a book called Flourish, and in the book he and his team discovered that there's such a thing as post-traumatic resilience Mm. and that people who have been through hell actually develop an ability to become more resilient in the future. Um, people who've been through horrifying things, you know, um, injury, illness, death of a child, death of a spouse, uh, war, various types of experiences have actually um, developed the capacity to not just, it's not about overcoming it as much as it is about integrating it and using everything that it, that we experience in a way that strengthens us, informs us, allows us compassion and the ability to reach out to others. That is very beautiful and very powerful. Wow. Post-traumatic resilience. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. Well, I know that that your business and book um, are called Creating Co-Powerment. Please Mm -hmm. define for us what co-powerment means. Well, you you know, it's interesting. Language is such a powerful thing. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have a word for something, then we don't necessarily have a concept for understanding something. And I think all of us have a, a sense of what empowerment is. And I really believe that each person knows what it is they're here to do, or if they're not entirely sure, they they have a clue or some some indications of what they're here to do and they know what they what steps they need to take but they don't always know how to take them they don't always know what order to take them in or how to break them into smaller pieces so when i was thinking about how i could best serve people uh, based on my other experiences as a teacher and, and crisis counselor i really realized that the most the lasting experiences and the ones that were most healing and therapeutic often occurred when you were working either one-on-one or in small groups or sometimes even in larger groups of people who were aligned with the same intention. And um, that's where co-powerment came from. And creating co-powerment was the name of the business that that arose from that. And um, it's really been amazing how it has grown in a way that I didn't expect it to. Um, co-powerment is actually something that's happening in the world. It's not just my business. It's something that I've noticed as people awaken and become aware of what is important in life. More and more people are starting to recognize that competition and um, number, you know, being completely independent and these concepts of being separate are are simply not true, and they're starting to realize that we are all in it together, that we are interdependent, not codependent, but interdependent, 
and that we're here to cooperate and collaborate with others who are aligned with us. Mm. Wow. So co-powerment sounds like it's about um, being able to be um, in alignment or being around people who support and encourage and, um, you know, support um, yeah, support who I one am another. And my yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. Cool. And and who love one another. I mean, I I think um, one of the things that has been really inspiring to me in watching the shifts that have occurred in the New Age movement, but also in mass media and and uh, consciousness raising, you know, with Oprah and with other um, other practitioners, Iyanla and others like that. Um, they're not ashamed to use the word love. And I think that really is where it's at. And the people who the people who are willing to love and be loved and to heal wounds that are preventing them from being loved and loving others, those are the ones who are creative in the world and so they co create. And and folks who are you know, just have forgotten They've forgotten for whatever reason um, that that is at the heart of creation. Those are the ones who have fallen to the side. And I I actually still believe that there's hope for everybody, even um, – I really do. And, you know, some of my friends think I'm naive for believing that. But I've seen tremendous transformations in people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see that in. And um, who are we to judge? You know, we, we're all living our, our own experiences and we're doing the best we can with what we've got. So that's what I believe. I think co-powerment is about love. I like that. And and I, I agree with you that we, you know, I, I believe that we do um, live in a world that kind of tells us, think with your head, reason things out. Um, you know, if you use your heart, you're weak. And 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 it's all the you know it's, it's the opposite, you know the heart is the center, it's the core of of our yeah. essence. And and and, and the heart to, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to disparage the head because that's important too. But I agree with you that the heart is the center, and that um, if we trust our heart and act from love, the head follows that as opposed to acting from the head and then pushing away the feelings. So I agree with you completely that it's at the center. It's at the center of our bodies. It's also at the center of our creative intention. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, what inspired you? What? Because in, I hear so much passion and and sincerity as you speak about the love of what you do and how you help others. What inspired you to become a life coach? Well, you know, it's interesting. As I said, I've I've sort of always been a coach without really having that name. My mom used to joke that I was Dear Abby, <laughs> you know, at a very young age because people would come to me and ask me for advice. And, you know, I didn't always know how to help people, but I think my main my main intention has always been to support people and to love people and to try and um, support them in creating their own solutions. Um, I think that's the main thing that people should take away is that coaching is not about 
empowering anybody. It's about supporting a person and empowering him or herself. Um, it really is, for me, key to to do that. And I think all of the things I've done have contributed to that awareness. Teaching, for sure. I love. I still love teaching. I'm teaching in a different way, but I still love all the students that I've ever had, ages 4 to 80, and counseling, coaching has been, uh, crisis counseling has been a uh, really key component to my coaching practice as well, all of the lessons I learned there. So there's a lot that's gone into it. Um, but I guess what really was a turning point for me and when I realized that um, that I am a life coach and this is my life mission, uh, I, I'd have to say that occurred um, in about 2010. I've been, I had been coaching for about five years, but in 2010, uh, huge shifts occurred. I, I had my son, and I moved back home here to Hawaii, and you know, just some major questions came up as to whether this was really what I was here to do, and I received confirmation that I was here to do this. Mm. Nice. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I want you to, and you you, you did it. Um, you you did start um, defining life coaching, but I want you to give us, you know, give us a definition, your definition of uh, what life coaching is. Oh, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, well, my, you know, it's interesting because I did my. I'm a, I've been a member of ICF, International Coach Federation, and I love their definition. Uh, it. Their definition is partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. For me, I would add spiritual potential um, because I don't think those are separated out. I think they're all interconnected. And for me, coaching really is about because I'm a transitions life coach, I, I work with people short-term during um, usually very tumultuous times, exciting times as well, times of opportunity in their lives. But I typically work with people anywhere from three to six months. Um, I had a client once for one year, but that was very unusual. And it's about transformation. It's about releasing all of the obstacles that have held them back the, the false beliefs or master beliefs that have held them back from creating the life that they're here to lead. And, and really, it's, it's more about uncovering the potential that is there within them and helping them to see that and plan for it step by step how to, how to create it in the world. The, that's what I do. Okay. All right. <laughs> and... What are a few reasons people might seek you as a coach? Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've had people from all walks of life, all different ages. Um, I've had people who've just graduated from college or moving. I've had people who uh, were going through a divorce or getting married. Um, I've had people having a baby or planning to have a baby. I've had people coming out for the first time in their lives. I've had retirement people who've uh, gone through retirement from a career and, and want to contribute to the world in a larger way in their retirement. Um, recovery. I mean, there's so, many, there's so many different ones. The ones that seem to recur or come up over and over again 
are people who um, have followed other people's ideas for who they're supposed to be, um, whether it's their parents or society or whatever it might be. And a lot of them actually have gone on. For example, I had a client once who was an attorney by profession and a very good one, um, very solid skills, very um, committed to that profession, but was not happy and had never felt fully authentic in that role. And that person um, later became a minister. And she also, when she saw me, she was a minister at that time, but still wasn't quite comfortable in that role either, and was starting to unfold and transform into a healer and into a, a person who counsels other people. So I've, I've discovered that a, a lot of the people who come to me tend to be people who are waking up to their divine purpose, I, I guess um, are just really becoming aware of what it is they're here to do and how they want to do it. Okay. And it takes a lot of courage, you know. I, I think it's, yeah. it takes a lot of courage to to realize that what I'm doing, it, it, it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't feel yeah. right. And I need to explore what feels right for me. Hmm. Yes, and we receive a variety of messages in uh, in our culture and in the world that you know that are counter to the idea that each of us is here with a divine purpose. Um, there are a lot of ways that people dampen, you know. And there's nothing, you know. I don't want to be blaming about that because we all have our various addictions and challenges that we all go through and there's always a reason there's always a reason why a person goes through that it's part of their growth process one thing that i tell clients is you know start from where you are you don't have to be gandhi <laughs> you don't you don't have mm. to be mother teresa you know you don't have to be oprah you have to be you and just start from where you are and acknowledge those wounds and acknowledge you know the things that we use to heal those wounds or at least temporarily numb the pain of those wounds so you know i just really i just really want people to know that where they're at is okay and it's part of the process that helps them to unfold it's not that they've gone off the path it's that they've taken a little break maybe they're just sitting on the side of the path and having a snack <laughs> before they move forward with their purpose. So, you know, there's a lot of tension and a lot of anxiety uh, in people who are really waking up to what it is they're here to do, and I, I really try to help them become aware of that and take the pressure off of, you know, there's um, just accept where we're at and know that there's a reason for it and then go from there. I like that. I like that. Now, how do you incorporate co-powerment into your coaching sessions and your workshops? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, for workshops, it's very easy to do that because usually there's more than just myself and one other person. Usually there's two, three, sometimes five people. And what's really great, I, I see myself as a facilitator in those situations where I have the tools, you know, I have some explorations, I have some visualization and some hands-on activities, art activities and things for people to do, but the group decides the order in which it unfolds. And the group 
it's really been remarkable. The people who come at any particular time are often focused on a particular type of transition. And it's not that I've planned it that way. It just seems to synchronistically happen that, for example, a group might be interested in career change or, um, you know, one member of the group just changed careers, another member of the group is changing careers, and a third member is retired. So it's been miraculous how that's unfolded. That's how compartment unfolds in groups. They often give each other resources and materials and advice and, and support that I alone as a coach would not be able to give because I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know everything. you know. So it's a matter of um, the input and the support that comes from others in the group. And then when I'm coaching one-on-one, a lot of the co-powerment it comes from resources that I've researched, read, you know, various books that I've read. For example, Brene Brown's wonderful book that just came out, Daring Greatly, about vulnerability. Um, you know, other resources, Creating Your Best Life, which is Caroline Miller's bucket list guide based on 30 years of positive psychology research. So, you know, it's my facilitation with the client's willingness to trust that I can support them in unfolding, and then the research and the resources that um, that I use and I tailor make each one-on-one session with the client um, to help them to unfold. Okay. All right. What do you love best about coaching and supporting people through transition? Hmm. Hmm, there's so many so many things. I think, hmm, I think, and I'm sure, Katrina, you have had this experience where you've been working with someone who, for whatever reason, just didn't know, didn't know what they were capable of doing, and then they have a breakthrough. They also have slipbacks. One of the things I want to emphasize is that, again, it's not just a complete upward spiral. There are moments when you slip back and then you go forward again. It's almost it's the bunny hop of life, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, for me, the moment that is most rewarding is when a client really recognizes their own power and their own ability and also when they no longer need me. When, you know, I... It sounds funny to say that, but it's true. When a client recognizes that they've gotten everything they need from our interaction and they no longer need me as a coach and they're ready to fly, that's the most rewarding. Okay. I I, I love that because then they can use those tools that, that they've been empowered with and, um, and um, you know, use them to... Be resilient. <laughs> Be yes, resilient through the ebbs and flows of life. It's amazing, right. too, because they empower themselves, and then it's almost like it's like a candle. You know, um, for a time their flame might have been out, but they relight it. They relight it themselves with my support. I help them hold the match that helps to relight it, but they relight it themselves. And then from their candle many other candles are relit. So what I really see happening, and that's, I guess, a larger vision for what I see with co-powerment, is it's not just about empowering myself as a client 
or me, you know, supporting them. It's about all the people that I perhaps will never meet that will interact with that person and all the other people they interact with and in a positive way. That is a beautiful vision, and and that was a beautiful analogy. Thank you for that. Hmm. What are the benefits of transition life coaching? Well, I think the main benefit is an awareness. Um, When a client comes to me, oftentimes they're aware of the problem, but they may not always be aware that there are solutions. Um, a lot of times, you know, people, when we go through a difficult time, it's it's challenging not to dwell only on what's happening in front of you. And what's really key is, and I don't want to, you know, in any way say that that's not important because it is. It's part of the process. It's so crucial to feel the pain, to feel fear, to feel anger, to feel the things that we feel and to honor those things, but not to get caught up in them. And so it's definitely about shifting the focus, shifting the thoughts, shifting um, the shifting the awareness from one thing to another, and then coming back again, and then shifting it again. <laughs> so it's about uh, helping people become aware of how their thoughts or feelings may be running them, and allowing them the awareness to know that they can shift it just by choosing to do so and also by practicing doing so. Co-powerment. Love it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about your book and what we can expect when we read it. Hmm, I'm so excited. uh, I've been working on this book for six years, and a lot of the things that there have been so many times I almost, uh, I almost quit. It was there were some challenging moments in writing this book, but the joyful thing that has come out of it, um, a lot of the research that I did wasn't. It didn't exist six years ago. It didn't exist five years ago. Some of it is groundbreaking, um, cutting edge research that's only occurred in the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. um, so it incorporates positive psychology research. And by positive psychology, I mean the field that focuses on well-being and, you know, things like optimism, happiness, goal-setting, and success. And uh, one piece of research that has been done just in the past couple of years, if you go to TED.com, there's a wonderful talk that's been given by Professor Amy Cuddy about power postures and about how your body, holding your body a particular way, actually impacts our beliefs our language, our physiology. She took um, samples of people's saliva before and then had them take a position that was powerful or a position that was submissive, and then two minutes later uh, had them do a risk activity. In this case, it was gambling for the research. Two minutes later took the, the saliva samples again, and there were measurable differences in their levels of cortisol, which is the the anxiety hormone, and testosterone, which gives us confidence. So that type of research that, you know, inherently or intuitively we knew was true has now been documented scientifically as true. And so people discovering, oh, my goodness, if I shift my body posture, if I stand 
you know, more confidently, if I go into an interview with um, having prepared myself physically, emotionally, and mentally, optimistically, it's more likely to have a, a beneficial outcome. So there's that mm. piece. There's the positive psychology research. The other thing is I've been so honored. I A lot of my clients and um, several body spirit Body, body, mind, spirit practitioners I know have shared their personal stories of transformation with me to share in this book mm-hmm. and um, deeply personal uh, experiences that they've had. Um, one of my, I mean, they're just, they're wonderful people. And one of the, the ones that stands out to me is a, an interview I did with Dr. Arash Babaf about his volunteer work. He's a pediatrician in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he does volunteer work with Operation Smile to do cleft palate surgeries all over the world. And I was so blown away that someone who's already in a a very demanding profession would volunteer his free time to continue to coordinate and work with surgical teams. Um, He doesn't do the surgeries himself, but he is there as a support um, staff person to the surgeons. And, you know, just it blows me away. And it was part of the meaningful work chapter that I wrote and, um, you know, helping people to find meaning in their work and to find work that aligns with their purpose. And then the other piece, of course, is the explorations and exercises that are in the book that people can, you know, actually just take away and tear out and and have for themselves so that they can refer back to it. So those three components. Mm. Okay. And um, how will it help people looking to improve and change their lives? How, How will it help those people? Well, I, I don't know, to tell you the truth, but I do hope, because I don't know how each person will receive it, but I do. my hope is, and my intention in writing it, is that people will take the chapters that resonate most for them, whether it be on parenting or meaningful work or awareness um, or um, being able to move out of blame and into confidence and empowerment of themselves instead of blaming other people for things. There are different sections of the book, so people don't have to read it straight through. They can pick out a chapter that resonates for them and then see what, you know, how that unfolds in terms of the the story that's being shared, the research that's being shared in that chapter, and then the exercises at the end of each chapter. Mm, okay. That meaningful work, that is so important. And, um, you know, just, and I um, I haven't read the book yet, but I intend to. When it, when oh, it comes out, I intend to. to. Um, but I know meaningful work, um, being able to, to, to know that everything, that every work has a purpose and yeah. every... Even the most menial work has is a part of a greater purpose and and being able to understand that um it it just makes mm, it's just powerful absolutely and that's one thing I think a lot of people think that they need to be famous unfortunately i mean maybe that's that explains reality t v i'm you know I'm not quite sure what explains that, but i do 
I do feel that everybody, regardless of what it is they're actually doing, if they do it with loving intention and they really do it to the best of their ability, that comes across. I um, There's a wonderful woman in the building where I live who you can tell she takes great pride in her work in cleaning the lobby. The lobby is spotless. It's beautiful. Um, she loves what she does. She always smiles. We always greet her when she comes in, you know, when she's here, um, my son and I, and um, my other people that I know, um, just if you go to any coffee shop, the person behind, the first person you see is the person behind the counter, and you can instantly feel, you can instantly sense whether that person loves what they do, whether they feel that it has a purpose. For example, are they just, are they just there to earn the you know to earn a living which is a type of purpose and that's fine or are they there because they really care about each of the customers that comes in you know who needs that cup of coffee to start their day and who enjoys it um you know that type of it's a different way of thinking about work hmm. and i really think the people most satisfied yeah the people most satisfied have that hmm and that's really interesting and also makes me think about the importance of appreciating work that others do. You know, even if, yeah. if I am an attorney or if I am a high-powered, uh, you know, um, director, you know, appreciating the work that my cleaning staff does, you know, the people yeah. who are there at night making the place comfortable for me when I get there during the day you know, or yeah. the receptionist, you know, everybody being able to appreciate what the other does. That really um, is what it comes down to. There's um there's a wonderful book by Robert W. Fuller about that topic and he is one of the leaders of the dignitarian movement, which is about acknowledging and respecting the inherent dignity in each individual. And uh, he wrote a book called Somebodies and Nobodies, and I was honored. He gave me, his publisher gave me permission to quote an epigraph from his book, and I'm just looking at it now so that I can, I can mention it without um, misquoting him. But it really was so touching about meaningful work and about what, what it is we're here to do and what's important um, and how we can acknowledge meaningful work in other people respecting them, knowing that whatever it is that they're doing, it does have value, and respecting that value, that they're, um, the, the love that they're giving us through their work. So I'm just seeing if I can find that quote, but uh, here we go. It says, this is from Robert Fuller's Somebodies and Nobodies, Overcoming the Abuse of Rank. And he says, in order to feel like a somebody, we do not need fame or celebrity for most of us, there is reward enough if we contribute something of ourselves to others and have that contribution duly recognized. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hmm. And that's co-powerment. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's, you know, wow. it's about it's about respect and it's about love. It's about knowing that each person is valuable and each person has a contribution to make. And then it's the responsibility, of course, too, of each person to to go ahead and step up 
and to be willing to receive the training that they need and to be willing to share their gift with the rest of us. Hmm. I like that. Now I want to ask you um what and you talked about it a little bit but what type of what type of exercises um can we find what kind of learning and exercises can we find in the book Oh I'm I'm so excited to share those I they're explorations that I've used with clients in the past and um one of the ones that I use is setting your intention visualizing goals and um let me see, and choosing your priorities. And what that means is figuring out exactly how much time and where you're spending your time, what it is you'd rather be spending your time on, and then step-by-step how to shift that so that your time and energy is in alignment with your with your beliefs and with your goals. And so I have these categories, you know, family time, work time, um, self-care time, and other, you know, other categories that are sort of artificial because a lot of them overlap, um, mm. but they give people a good sense of what it is they're spending their time on and is it really, does it have value? Um, one of my clients discovered that she was spending a lot of time worrying. She was spending, you know, a good portion of every day worrying about things that she had no control over and just bringing that awareness to her um, helped her to realize that she needed some additional support that I could not give her as a coach. And we continued working together as a coach and client, but she also reached out uh, to get some additional support with a, a therapist and was able to address the the core wounding with that and where that came from. So, you know, one of the great things about being a coach is that I can refer clients to other people who have skills that I don't have, financial planning, for example, or, you know, um, therapy if they need and want that, and other types of um, other types of things that can enhance their lives. Hmm. Nice. What type of feedback are you anticipating from, from your book? <laughs> That's so funny. I, I don't know. I Again, I don't know how... Um, how people will receive it. I think some of the ideas, you know, I'm open. I I really think some people will embrace it and instantly recognize the truth in it and know that my intention was love in writing it. Other people may be threatened by it. Um, It really, a lot of the research, as I said, is brand new and cutting edge and and runs um, counter to what contemporary uh, what people have believed for a long time to be true, but the research shows that it's not what people think. Um, I anticipate a variety of responses. I think some people will love it, some people will hate it. Some people, as long as nobody's neutral about it or bored by it, I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think it it will serve people who are courageous and ready to change their lives. And I think people who find that threatening for whatever reason, um, people who want to keep other people down will find it threatening perhaps. Those people will not benefit from it, but those who are ready to wake up and and get on with things and fulfill their life purpose will love it. Interesting. Now, as you've been um, talking about co-empowerment and 
um, the different exercises that are offered um, in your book and, and the different topics, the question comes to me, as a life coach, could I possibly use your workbook as a guide for working with the clients I serve? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of the exercises and explorations are things probably you already do with clients. Mm -hmm. Some of them may be new ideas, but one of the things that I do is a vision collage, and um, a lot of people have used vision boards or other forms of art and visualization to create things. So some ideas are things that are being done by others now and and will be done in new ways. And then other things may be completely new to people. So I definitely would love, if coaches were interested, I would love for them to use my work and to to share that and support other people in creating coupons. You know, as coaches, as coaches, we're always looking for tools to to put in our toolbox and (laughs) absolutely tools to help our, our, our clients. Absolutely, I've been so fortunate too to receive that support from other coaches myself. I um. I actually have a coach myself uh, as I've been going through this process. I I, um, hired a a Newfield Network coach, one of my teachers, Dan Newby, to help me get beyond my own fears and things that were holding me back from stepping forward and bringing this into the world. And, you know, I definitely, um, I'd be honored if other coaches were interested in using the material um, you know, I think my publisher would probably want them to ask permission, but I'm open. I really think that good ideas are shared, we and when they're shared with the intention, yeah. <laughs> and you know, we, we we always give credit for the for the for the materials that we use that don't belong that don't that aren't our originals. <laughs> exactly, and actually, I uh, went through quite a lengthy process to ask permission for all of the research that I used in the book and all of the stories that were shared with me, um, it was important to not only ask their permission but to receive their blessing in in presenting that material. But definitely I would love for people to share what's useful to them, what benefits them with others. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. um, you know, I want to say that I, you and I, we did meet at the... <clears throat> at um, an International Coach Federation conference in London, which was an excellent uh, conference, um, a very excellent uh, conference. And um, when I found out that you uh, were a student, excuse me, that um, you were a student of um, Newfield. Yes. uh, Coaching. I was really impressed because, um, you know, I know uh, a coach who um, graduated from Newfield and, um, you know, who's been really um, instrumental in my growth as a yes. coach is as well Jim as Smith? as an entrepreneur. That is Jim Smith. I love yes. Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is the awesome. He's happiness been, coach. Mm-hmm. He's been very um, instrumental um in 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 me and in my coaching practice uh, my entrepreneurship and supported me mm-hmm. through uh you know my graduate my schooling process so wow. i know that's a really great program and great coaches emerge from that program yeah so it was very it was impressive. a 
Mm-hmm. It was profound. It was um I actually when I was at the conference before the London conference, there was a, a conference in Las Vegas the year before. That's when I met Jim Smith and I was just delighted. I learned so much and he actually referred me to Newfield Network because uh, as we were talking and as I was saying that I had sort of reached a plateau with my training and my my ability to move forward and that I really was looking for a program that would respect what I already do and what I already know but would take me further, would would take me inward and would also expand outward. Um, He mentioned Newfield Network, his own training, and that's actually how I... I joined that program, and it was absolutely amazing, worthwhile experience. I They offer a foundations course to people who are not necessarily interested in being coaches, but interested in removing obstacles and uh, false beliefs master assessments from their experience so that they can move forward in their lives. And then the additional training is the, the coach training that's a different um, uh, expanded uh, longer length of time, but yeah, Jim was Jim is amazing, and he actually wrote one of the endorsements for my book. I'm so grateful to him, and I hope to see him again in the future. Yes, yes. This journey with you, Lonnie, has been so informative, and I am so excited about the work that you do, and I'm looking forward to your book, which launches in September. Of 2013, yeah. um, so Thank you we so are much. able. Mm-hmm, we're able to get that book in uh, ne- in, in September. How can we yeah. contact you for um, for further information? Um, you know, if we are interested well, in you as a coach, or interested in purchasing your purchasing your book um, or your workshops, how can we how can we go about contacting you? Oh well, thank you so much for that. I, I'm really honored. I'm working with Balboa Press, which is the self-publishing division of Hay House, and it's um, it's been phenomenal working with them because, as an author, you have opportunities to, uh, to give presentations and to do, um, workshops through endeavors that they do. So I'll be actually in Washington D.C. at the end of September. Um, and in New York in mid-October, and then I'll also be in Pasadena, California in mid-November for their I Can Do It conferences. So if anyone is listening from those areas, if you go to hayhouse.com and look up those um, I Can Do It conferences, I'll be there Mm -hmm. doing workshops there. Um, I'll also be doing book launch events here in Honolulu, Kailua, and Haleiwa, uh, coming up in the autumn. And the best way to reach me actually is on my website. At the moment, it's being redesigned, but it should be launched um, by the end of this month. Uh, in the meanwhile, the basic information is www.copowerment.com, and that should be up and running. Um, at least a hold page will be up and running this week. Another way they can reach me is by phone, and my number here is one eight zero eight. Four four seven nine seven four seven. They can also reach me by email at Lonnie at copowerment dot com. And um, of course, at now, the moment I'm that, really Lonnie, focused. Can you spell sure. your name for us? Sure. Yes, it's the Hawaiian spelling L A N I. That's a really good point. Thank you. It's L A N I at copowerment c o p o w e r m e n t dot com. 
So those are the best ways to reach me. Um, at the moment, of course, I'm focused on getting this book out and launched. Um, and my coaching schedule is uh, is reflective of that. But you know, do reach out if you're interested. And if I resonate as a good coach for you, I'm happy to speak with you. And I definitely am honored to do so. Nice, nice. All right. And your book, um, your book, which is creating co-powerment, creating co-powerment, um, and let me see, creating co-powerment. Looking for the title. Can you? And <laughs> yeah, what are, it's the, a long one. It's the Creating Co-Powerment Workbook, Embracing the Power of Positive Psychology, Healing Stories and Explorations to Create the Life You Want. Awesome, awesome, which um, comes out um, in September of 2013. Yes, it, and it, it has to be out because I'm doing the talk in Washington, D.C. at the end of that month, so I'm hoping it'll be out um, by early September. But if it's not, it'll certainly be out by the end of September. So it'll be available on Amazon and other locations as well. Awesome. Well, we uh, wish you much love, much success, and, you know, just just blessing you with all the good that life has to offer. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katrina. I wish you the same. I'm so honored to know you. Thank you so much, and and you are welcome back on Positively Affirmative anytime. Thank you very much. You are welcome. We are going to bring this edition of Positively Affirmative to a close, and, and thank you again, Lonnie, for being our special guest. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, where we teach women how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the directors of their own life story. Is your life story one you'd like to see improved? If so... Join us every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. Abundant blessings, Lonnie, and abundant blessings, everyone. Thank you so much. Mahalo. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Don't mess with Mr. Lindsay. Oh.